0: Welcome back to the NBA Fan Podcast, powered by Super Team Media on a rainy Monday. Excited to be here. I'm your host, Trent Kinsey, with my co-host and person who is baffled by the current Western Conference standings, Chris Randazzo. Hey, Trent. Good to be here. Uh, I started to ask you how you were, and then I realized I had just described how you were, and how you are is baffled with... The Western Conference standings currently, uh, mainly because who's number five? Who's the number five seed? Who's the only team in the Western Conference that's undefeated at home? Look, Trent,
1: I am baffled as any right person in their mind should be at Memphis being fifth in the West. The West is confounding. They, They have, I mean, if you just read down... It's confounding to me that Golden State would be number one. Golden State one, Portland two, not that confounding. Denver three. Preseason, I don't think any of us saw that necessarily. We
0: probably should have had them in our playoff mix. Not necessarily at the three seed, but... You know, looking hindsight's
1: twenty-twenty, but uh yeah, they're playing well. That's right, the Jokic effect over there. Um San Antonio at, at the four, even though I predicted them to end at the two, it's still surprising to see them climb. And then this is where it gets even weirder. Memphis is fifth, LA is sixth, LA Clippers. Clippers, Oklahoma City Thunder seventh, which you would think they'd be higher, and the Lakers at the eighth seed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So who's not? In the Lakers are also
0: have the same record as the Kings. So right now they just have like they have the the tiebreaker basically with them. But let's not let's also mention that the Kings are above five hundred right now.
1: Yeah. So the, the, even weirder, even weirder that the Kings are over five hundred. So teams that are you know if the playoffs were to be set right now not going to be included in the playoffs. Utah, New Orleans with the unibrow, the Rockets with the beard, the Mavericks with. The, the rookie of the year. I don't know. Uh, and of course, Minnesota, who is like this year's um, Washington Wizards. You know. You know what's crazy about Minnesota?
0: We're going I know we're gonna talk more about Minnesota and Jimmy Butler here in a second, but they're four and one at home and zero oh and eight on the road. Oh, that that is, that is a team that is not oh uh, that is not together right now. They no. do not have it together right now. Okay. Well, that's that's. Any, well, quickly, anything does anything surprise you in the Eastern Conference as well? Just like very,
1: before we kind of shift? Um, if I had to point out one thing, it would be that Charlotte seems to be playing well. I mean, when you look at standings on the whole, you can't take too much into account three weeks into the season. But yeah. Charlotte, to me, looks like the real Except for Memphis game. at the fifth seed. that yeah. everything else you can't. Except for Charlotte does feel to me— like they have legitimately improved in our playoff team.
0: Hey, it's the Tony Parker difference, man. Tony Parker effect. You lose Dwight Howard, you gain Tony Parker, you're in the playoffs. You're in the playoffs. Um That's I would simple say as that. My biggest I'm actually not that surprised by the Hornets. I mean, they're sitting at the fifth seed right now, which feels feels about right for them, fifth or sixth seed. Surprising to me would be the Celtics at the sixth seed currently, at least according to the standings I'm looking at, they're also seven and six. They can't score. Um, you and I both had them coming out of the East. You and I both had Brad Stevens as coach of the year right now. He, I'm not saying he should be fired, but he doesn't look like coach of the year because he has this plethora of offensive talent and they can't score the ball. Um, I will say this again, not to, I don't think he's been doing a terrible job, but he's been, he's had his, uh, he's had his butt kicked coaching wise by coach Bud with Milwaukee. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I would say those are the big things. I mean, obviously we've talked about the Wizards being terrible. It, it shouldn't be that surprising because they added Dwight Howard. Um, but, no, there's a lot of reasons. But it shouldn't be that surprising that they're that bad. Other than that, I mean, the Nets coming in at the eighth seed right now is kind of cool. I don't know if I could name one player on their roster. Um, that's that's a lie. But, still, most people I don't think could name a lot of players on their roster. So, that one's a little bit surprising. But, that would probably be the those would probably be the biggest ones for me. I mean, you look at the top four with Raptors, Bucks, 76ers, and Pacers, and I think that's pretty. Other than not having the Celtics in there, that's
1: that's pretty standard. Yeah, it looks to be um, about what we thought it would be. Also, to to be fair to Boston, they're incorporating two players they didn't have at the end of last season, and I think there's probably a little bit of. Um, time to get you know both Irving and Hayward incorporated into the offense. Yeah. I'm I'm guessing, and this is you know giving them the benefit of the doubt. They'll they still have time to figure out their offense. No question. Yeah, I think
0: they will definitely be. I, they're still my pick to come out of the East right now, uh, just based on the again just the depth that they have basically. Because I think when you get into the playoffs, two things become more important: defense becomes more important, and they're great at that. And depth becomes more important, and they have more of that than anybody else in the Eastern Conference. So um, we'll just have to see if they can get it together. It becomes harder to come out of the East if you're, like, the fifth seed than if you're the one seed or two seed. So um, we'll just have to see. All right, we, we talked a little bit about Minnesota, some big news out of Minnesota. Uh, they've, some huge news they've, out of Minnesota. They have finally found a way to get rid of Jimmy Butler. And actually, I probably didn't phrase that the correct way because Jimmy Butler's been wanting to get out for a long time, and there's a lot of teams, I think, that were willing to take him. Tom Thibodeau, I think, wasn't willing to do that because Thibodeau, from what I heard, basically, he, I mean, like a lot of coaches, he wants to win more than anything, and he knows that he's not going to get – there's no way he's going to get for Jimmy Butler an equal amount of talent that's going to help them win more. However, I think he finally realized, oh, really in the last few days, that Jimmy Butler it, it wants to be there so little that it actually they maybe they would have a better chance of winning if they went ahead and got something for him. So they traded him to Philadelphia. They traded him for uh, Robert Covington, and uh, they traded him for Saric. Those, just those two, right? Was there was there anybody else?
1: Um, there's a. J- technically, Jared Bayless was a part of the deal as well as a second-round um, pick next okay. year. great. Um, well, yeah, Jared Bayless probably doesn't bring a whole lot. Uh, a second-round
0: pick could be interesting. You never know. Um, but the big ones are Covington and Sarich. So what I think is interesting is I'm guessing if—so let's talk about it from Minnesota's perspective first— I really like both of those players. I think they're, they're, they're neither of them is nearly as good as Jimmy Butler, but I think that, that that is interesting. I also think it's going to be interesting to watch. I think both of those players can slide into the starting lineup for Minnesota. I love Saric. I'm a huge fan of Sarich. Um Sometimes I felt like he got pushed out a little bit in Philadelphia, probably could have played a bigger role. I think he slides into the power forward position next to Carl Anthony Towns, and I think that could be a really good combination. What I'm interested by is what Minnesota does with Covington do you I'm assuming he just slides into the role that Butler was playing but does that remove Andrew Wiggins to the shooting guard position is that where you want Andrew Wiggins because you definitely with Jimmy Butler you can kind of go back and forth it's like oh Jimmy could play the two Andrew could play the three and vice versa Covington is playing the three there's no like he's like six foot nine he's he's playing small forward so now you kind of Put Wiggins in as a as an oversized shooting guard. I'm kind of rambling, but I'm interested to get your thoughts on kind of what you think.
1: Well the that. the main thing I thought was does does Minnesota give Derek Rose a bigger role? Uh clearly he had his you know You mean a bigger role than the ultimate green light and playing forty eight minutes a game? Yeah. Well I, mean, I don't know what ESPN is doing. They've got him listed third in the depth chart on point guard. Yeah, I was just kidding. Uh, well, he
0: should be third in the on the depth chart, but he still plays a lot of minutes.
1: Right, but you know, in, in all seriousness, I wonder if if he's going to have a bigger role. Maybe as these two guys get onboarded, um, because I I don't know. I'm not. I don't feel like I know these players enough to know what. You know how Wiggins is going to play with Covington. It doesn't seem that difficult to think Wiggins could just slide into the shooting guard. I special. did it on
0: NBA 2K and it worked really well. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the only thing I would say about Derrick Rose is he doesn't play the same position as either one of those guys. So if you're talking about like, hey, we got to take some time to kind of onboard these guys, which is a very corporate term. Um, I I don't NBA know that it means trend it's is true. business. I don't know that that necessarily means that Derrick Rose is going to play more minutes. The so one thing I will say is that Tom Thibodeau is known for playing like six players a game and running his players into the ground. And so I, I, I am interested that they, even though Covington and Sarge, neither of them are better than Butler, you got two players for one. So hopefully maybe that extends your depth chart a little bit and you actually play some players less minutes. But
1: yeah, clearly Minnesota is, has been on a Terrible downspin this year And so This should be good For both teams Um, So let's move over To Philadelphia How Mm -hmm. Does Philadelphia look Now That's the real question Is Yeah Are they now The favorite Or Are they Essentially just kind of Staying the same I, I think it's ridiculous To consider that they would be Worse off by this trade I think they're definitely Better off But The question is, do they jump in your mind to being in the conversation with, you know, now that we've seen Toronto, now that we've seen Milwaukee, um, and we just talked about how Boston, we think, is just going to get time to figure out their scoring. Philly was the team that really dropped as the season started, and do they have the pieces? Do they have what it takes? Now, Mm -hmm. where are they in your mind?
0: Yeah, I, I'm very excited by this for Philly. I think this can be really good for them. Um, my biggest concern for them is depth. Because, again, we just talked about Minnesota gets two players for one. They Philly gets one player for two or three, I guess, with Bayless. So my biggest concern for them is is depth. But starting five-wise, I'm very excited by this because I feel like we have – assuming Boston gets their crap together – We've got four spectacular teams all of which could come out of the East and that's very exciting to me. And then that's not even including like Charlotte who could potentially do some fun things, but also Indiana who's Indiana. playing really really well. Yeah. I still feel like Indiana is a step below these four teams, but this is this is you've got some exciting stuff happening in the East right now. So, my biggest concern again is depth, but if you if you look specifically just at the starting five, you're going to I would assume they tend to play Ben Simmons kind of at the 4. And so my guess would be you, put, you keep him at kind of point forward there, uh, especially because you don't have Saric now. Um, and then you slide Jimmy Butler probably into the three spot. You've got JJ or someone, you know, someone at the two spot. Um, and then basically are you, uh, you know, at the point guard position, I'm assuming that you're looking at, um, well, I mean, you've got, you've got options, but probably Markel Fultz. Uh, I also just read, as I was researching for this this morning, and I didn't talk to you about this beforehand, they're also looking to acquire Kyle Korver as well to try to add some more shooting off the bench. Um, I almost said
1: bring him back, but that's not right. (laughs)
0: Um, You've still got Wilson Chandler coming off the bench too. So you have some, uh, and they've got some young guys that have been helping as well. Um, yeah. Trying to find Landry uh, Shamet yeah, Shamit is yeah. probably the number one.
1: He's been young guy that's been a new addition.
0: They call him JJ Redick Light or Diet JJ. Um, he's essentially gives you everything that JJ does, um, maybe a little more athletically because he's obviously a lot younger, but not nearly as consistently as JJ. Um, so that's kind of what that's kind of what they're trying to get out of him. So
1: I've definitely seen him shoot the three like JJ. He just yeah. jacks it all the time. Yeah, but. Uh, so here's something that I, I think is interesting with this trade. You you now move them into a super team type of look mm-hmm. with Embiid, Simmons, okay. and now uh, Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. But this is the team that last year I think won like 16 games going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? The like they were on a winning streak and were hot, and it was because they were clicking as a team, hitting threes. And this team now has four of those players gone with in the new trade Covington and Saric, and then in the offseason, remind me, um, the guys that they lost, uh, one well
0: Ilyasova
1: Ilyasova, um, And wasn't and there a Bellinelli. Yeah, those two guys. And those all, two
0: guys weren't quite
1: the level. No, but they were the guys start. that would come off the bench and they could still hit threes. You know, they were yeah. still, you know, contributing effectively and from what I gathered when they asked Ben Simmons and, and Bede about this trade, you could kind of tell that they respected Jimmy Butler and knew that he was gonna help them win, but are also kind of like, Man, we love these guys. We had chemistry with yeah, Saarch. No we doubt. had chemistry and Covington is the process. Yeah. Right? Like
0: Covington's, Covington's been, there. been there. And Sarge was drafted by Philly. And so I do, I do agree with you. Like I think Jimmy Butler has has I don't want to call him a problem child, but he has had issues with different stops along the way. He had issues in Chicago, which sent him to Minnesota, and then he had issues in Minnesota. So he's definitely got kind of an alpha dog personality that I think is going to be interesting to mix with. Not necessarily Ben Simmons, who's kind of low-key and unselfish, but Joel, for sure. Um, I think he does solve some of their biggest problems, which was having a go-to perimeter scorer, which yeah, they didn't have. absolutely, And so now you have a guy, like, if you need a basket right now and you're Philadelphia, your only hope really is Joel, who's had an amazing season. But that's just not how the NBA works right now. You don't, you don't want your go-to number one scorer to be a post-up center. So it's going to take a few shots away from Joel. I think he'll be okay with that. But again, yeah, my biggest concern is chemistry, as you said, but also, again, depth. You know, you're when you go yeah. to the bench. If somebody gets hurt, what like who are you going to go to? And I'm just and also there's a little bit of a concern with point guard. Um, obviously, Ben Simmons handles most of the point guard duties. So even if Markell is not playing that well, um, but then here's the other thing: like is if if Ben is handling the handling the ball now you don't have Saric or Covington so who's playing down low with Embiid is it Wilson Chandler is it, I mean so just trying to kind of figure out who are, who are your who's your best five that you can have on the floor but I do think they have plenty of options I don't think this moves them to number one I think at best it keeps them or it puts them at maybe three I still feel like there's two teams in the east that will be better than them Toronto and either Milwaukee or, or Boston, but...
1: Yeah, I, I think they have to make this move because, like you said, it solves their main problems, but it does leave them, you know, I think it leaves them with some vulnerabilities in new ways. Especially if Jimmy Butler doesn't stay, too. Well, yeah, exactly, because what he's this is a, um, a contract season or something like that. No. I'm not sure. I, I do think, I read in one article that he has to he has a player option maybe or some sort of option uh, at the end of the year that he can choose to turn down in his uh, contract is okay so right? according
0: according to Adrian warjanowski um, the expectation is part of this trade Philadelphia agreed to make this trade because Jimmy agreed to sign a long-term deal next summer so right. he is planning on staying um, so there so that's not actually a concern um, great but well even so
1: yeah so I think you're right the depth um the chemistry we'll see I I think that this could work out really really well for them but it could also be a step back which would be just painful for this team because this is this is a team that is making this move to make the step forward they can't afford to go back there are other teams in the east that are coming for them you know in in two to three years it could be Charlotte and Detroit you know up there well
0: and they have to Philly also has to make sure that they like they've got a window with two two guys that assuming they stay healthy are probably hall of famers. So they had to you know in the today's NBA you have to have at least three basically. So they as much as you love Saric and as much as you love Covington, um, you kind of have to make this deal if you if you know you can keep Jimmy Butler for the near future. So now you have three guys. Um, so yeah, so I, I mean I, I think to your point you kind of have to do it if if minnesota is willing to do it so um hopefully it'll work out i I definitely don't dislike jimmy butler he's having a great season um and uh we'll see if you know we'll see how it goes it's definitely going to be exciting so
1: yeah i um i don't know if you saw uh what's his name the espn personality who's um outspoken Uh, Stephen a smith yeah did you see his like recorded video about why this is why he loves basketball Uh, he just filmed it on his phone like you know like a selfie and he was just you know going crazy excited about this trade Um, and how much he loves uh, Jimmy Butler and how you know Philly's getting this awesome player and something that I resonated with is when you look at the East it's exciting again like we've already talked about how the East is exciting this just makes the East more exciting there are like you said, four teams plus Indiana that all could win, you know, like in a perceivable world, which makes that playoffs super exciting. Whereas last year, um, you know, what made it exciting was that LeBron actually went all the way through the terrible Cavs team um, in the East, but you kind of expected, you know, probably I don't know who he expected to come out of the East I'm forgetting already. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I, yeah, Boston have. Boston was really good. Right. Um, they had some injuries, though, obviously. Um, and then Philly was
1: playing hot. Philly was playing hot, yeah. Um, Toronto was the one seed and was yeah. a total disappointment. Well,
0: I think a lot of people felt like it was Toronto's year with 60 wins last year and the number one seed,
1: and then LeBron, just lebron all over them. So. Right, but so many teams in the East made such good moves. I mean, Boston's pretty much the only team that didn't change. Um, Milwaukee's better, Toronto's better, and now Philly's significantly better. I think the Pacers are better, too. And, and they didn't make a huge moves, but I think they're
0: just better. Yeah, who
1: is that player on that on the chart that's improved there overall? I think it was, you know, the plus-minus. Well, Sabonis has been great for yeah, them. Sabonis. I don't know if that's who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, that is what I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. Someone who, you know, we had talked about a player on them making that move. We thought it was going to be... Their big guy. Miles Turner. Right. I mean, he's
0: been good too, but yes, yeah, but he has been
1: hasn't awesome. been, yeah, Turner hasn't been the most improved player type of a, a player they yeah. need. So, bonus though, might be. So, bonus is dunking all over yeah. people. So So, um, okay, so let's spend the last little bit talking about another uh, exciting um, thing that came <laughs> out of Woj. You surprised me with it this morning. I don't know how I missed it.
0: Yeah, so Woj reported yesterday, and this is not... Well, let's also say, too, that the Jimmy Butler trade is not officially official yet. It's supposed to go down today. Today Today is Monday, November 12th. Yeah. So I just said the date out loud, which means you actually have to publish this podcast pretty quickly. That's right. Um, It's going out today. uh, Monday, November 12th. So we also heard, it was reported yesterday, that the... uh, And I want to be careful about this, because even though it was reported... My understanding you know, is that there hasn't been official words yet. Spread
1: the rumors, Trent. So spread those rumors. Woj
0: is reporting that the the Rockets are planning to waive Carmelo Anthony, um, which like it feels a little bit like Christmas, but also I still kind of I kind of feel bad. It's one of those things where it's like you knew that this was a <laughs> terrible decision, but you and so it, I almost feel like a parent who's like. Happy that my kids made the right decision finally, but also disappointed that they made the wrong decision to begin with. So I'm like, there's a part of me that's gloating, but then there's another part of me that just feels terrible for everyone involved. Uh, and I like, I would imagine that this will help the Rockets a little bit, but I'm also what I'm really interested about with this is who do they? Because this isn't a trade; you're just waving a guy. So like, who do they bring in? I mean, who? Who? What free agents are available? What do they? What do they do to try to, to try to replace you know a 39% shooter from the field who shoots 15 shots a game? Like how do you replace that? Yeah well I don't
1: know, but you you start by getting rid of the problem. I, I, I loved that analogy Christmas, but you also I think I think you feel bad for Carmelo a little bit um, but yeah, I think you know Houston is last year won 60 plus games, right? Yeah and this year they are 5 and 7, 1 and 4 at home, mm-hmm. which is just painful for a team that was so good last year. They won last night but only because Harden dropped 40 and Chris Paul 20, you know, 26. But you know, they're they're terrible. I I love this move and I think there's something about Carmelo's uh kind of identity as being amazing when he's not really that kind of has that gives me that gloating feeling too like Carmelo you just this is gonna put you in your place kind of.
0: Well let's be clear on a couple of things. Carmelo is a Hall of Famer.
1: Oh yeah. And he's one of no. the
0: greatest he's one of the best Absolutely. scorers that's ever lived. And, and so there were there are certainly moments and in time in his career, both in Denver and New York, where he probably was the best scorer in the NBA. So in that that's not just like, yes, he is a volume shooter. He's a guy who shoots a lot. But he, I mean, he had some years where he put up really high percentages too. We're talking like high 40s, mid to high 40s, which for a guy who shoots the ball a lot, that's pretty solid. Um, so just to be clear. now the the hardest thing about Carmelo is the last couple of years. and you see this with this is not, Specific to Carmelo. You see this with guys all the time. We, you saw this with Kobe at the end. Guys are not willing to have the... Uh, basically to just realize that they have to change roles now. They can't be... So one thing that I do feel bad a little bit about Carmelo is it was highly publicized when he went to Oklahoma City last year that he had no self-awareness and he was, I'm not coming off the bench, I'm not accepting a smaller role... Uh, you know, all of this. And he, you know, he shot the ball 15 times a game and it was, it hurt Oklahoma city this year with Houston. He seemed to have kind of turned over a new leaf and said, I understand I'm willing to come off the bench. I'm willing to take a smaller role. And he has to some extent, the problem is even in the smaller role, he's been terrible. So, and, and it's, it's not easy. Like, again, when you're, a, when you're a guy who's allowed to shoot as much as you want, that allows you to even get, like, to warm up. Sometimes it's like, hey, I need, I need to take five or six shots to kind of get warm. That's the thing about being a role player that is really difficult. Sometimes you only get three to five shots a game, and it's like you have to make those shots because that's what your role is, and we need you to do that. And I think that's where he's struggled. He's had games where he's literally just not scored. 'Cause he can't he can't make a jump shot. So um, he has not has not done a great job in that role. And then you add to the fact that Houston's been terrible, which I think it, you know, plays a big part in it too. So
1: Yeah, I I think it to me something that I, I love about this is that it elevates what Houston did last year to put all of these pieces in a very specific, unique way that clicked and worked and should have gotten them past the Warriors, and you see a couple of these pieces, you know, break apart like you and I have talked about already, and the team dramatically, yeah. you know, drops and fails, and Carmelo was not the answer. No. So this is really going to give Houston an opportunity to solve their problems a different way, mm-hmm. and who knows, They might. it might take them more than a year. I mean, obviously they'll have space, I'm guessing, financially by waiving him, as well as You know, roster wise? I I don't think they were paying him a whole lot. So I don't know how much, I don't know that it opens up that much space.
0: Certainly he had more than like a minimum contract. But um, also, when you waive a guy, it doesn't mean you don't pay him. You still have to pay him that money. What they're literally saying is you're worth, like, we're willing to pay you to not be on our team. So again, with roster, like, there's roster space, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's cap room. Uh, so I don't know that they can go out and spend as much money as they just spent on Carmelo to get somebody else. I also
1: don't know who's available. So well, let me ask you this: so they waive Carmelo Anthony, and where does he go? I mean, is there is there a world where he doesn't actually get picked up by a team? There is a world of, of that. I, I don't know that that's going to happen.
0: Um, is he going to be here, you know this year's Des Bryant of the NFL? So let me give you let me give you a, a couple of scenarios. The one that I think is the most likely is that he gets picked up by a team that's not very good, who wants a team that... Like Phoenix or Cleveland? Well, maybe Cleveland. Yeah, like a team that knows they have no shot and is also not really in rebuilding mode. So like a team like Sacramento or Phoenix is like, hey, we know we're not going to be that good, but we want to focus on our younger players. Um, But then you have other teams that have no self-awareness like what if he goes back to the Knicks for a year what if he goes to Chicago goes to the Bulls I could see that happening that would just be a a terrible but I could see it happening because the Bulls are idiots Um, I could also (laughs) see him to your point I could see him going to Cleveland Um, but here's the one that is is just in my brain that I would be beyond stupid for this franchise to do but I could see it happening. What Washington? if he goes no, no. not Washington. Um <laughs> although I could I mean that could happen too. But what if he goes to the Lakers? Oh gosh. What if he joins his buddy LeBron? Uh see I feel like LeBron is smart enough to yeah. typically like if you had asked me a year ago I would have been like LeBron is smart enough to know that that's not going to actually help his team. But what if he's not? Because he also brought in Rondo and Lance Stevenson and, you know, put this weird, eclectic roster together in L.A. And what if he's like, yeah, let's bring Melo in, too. He's my guy. Like, I can make it work. I mean, talk about fireworks in L.A. That would be ridiculous.
1: Yeah, well, you know, for a team that struggles with scoring, why not bring in someone who's great at scoring right now? there you go. Um, I think wherever
0: Carmelo goes, it will just be for this season. I don't think you can expect him to stay there.
1: Yeah, you know, I the you know what makes me feel bad for him is every summer. You know, I I think this is every summer. Maybe this was just last summer. Hoodie, Hoodie Mello comes out, and you're like, I love this guy. This guy's amazing. This guy can ball. Like he can shoot and do anything. Like I want him on my team. I want to play with him. It's like, who would you rather have, Hoodie Mello? Or headband LeBron. Because headband LeBron
0: is back yeah. in L.A. Hoodie Mello. Hoodie
1: no, I, Mello. I
0: take headband LeBron.
1: Hoodie Mello. Or he's one of my favorite players in NBA history. <laughs> yeah. um, so, anyway, that's that's interesting. So, cool. Well, I, I kind of fully support the chaos of him uh, being not picked up by a team at all. Uh, <laughs> so... And, and it's nothing against him. Maybe I just want to see more Hoodie Mello. Maybe you know? he'll play in the G League. That's
0: right. Yeah. Or maybe he'll pull a uh, Jimmer and go to China and drop 75 because that just happened. Really? Yeah, Jimmer just dropped 75 in a Chinese game. Wow. I love how he still gets headlines every now and then, like anyone remembers or cares who he is.
1: He had like but a couple good games in a... NCAA tournament, right? That's, yeah. yeah.
0: And he's, I'm not saying he's not a good shooter. Obviously, he can score. It's hard to score 75 points in a church rec league game, let alone, you know, China or wherever. But you have to shoot a lot. Yeah, you got to shoot a whole and lot. Get it in, yeah. you know, it, it, your 40 fatigue. Minutes. Yeah, fatigue factor. But uh, still, though, I, I laugh that, that
1: that's awesome. The thing. Cool. Well, it's been a lot of fun talking about uh, the unraveling of. Carmelo, Ant- Carmelo Anthony. Hey,
0: maybe Houston. Here's a thought. Maybe they got rid of Carmelo so that they could tank because they're dying for Zion. Oh.
1: Uh, that's the new one. I'm yeah, previewing an upcoming episode <laughs> all on Zion Williamson, um, the Duke freak. Uh, that doesn't work. I don't know. What are his yeah. nicknames? You know, I don't think the he has Mount Zion.
0: That's a good one. I don't. I, I don't think he has any. He is right a now. mountain. Uh, of a man, I just I'm laughing at all the hype surrounding him. As a Duke fan, I'm laughing at all the hype uh, around him. So
1: let the hype rise. I think it's the hype is better on him. Him feels better on him than uh, than on Trey Young. You know, if you ask well, me. Yeah. So um, cool. Well, if you want to find us uh, on social media, you can find us at NBA Fan Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can email us at NBA fan podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm trying to convince Trent to do an episode all about P E R uh, and uh, you know, why you should pay attention to that stat. Uh, but maybe we'll we'll take a little detour and talk about Zion Williamson. Who knows? Um, I think that's it. Trent, anything else? That's all I got. Did you listen to the last episode that I put out? Of this podcast? Yeah. I did. I was also there. I witnessed well, it. Well, I know you so. were there, but did you hear what I put at the end? Oh no, I didn't get all the way to the end. Oh, go back and listen okay, to the end. And you yeah, know, go. fun fact for if anybody made it this far, uh, go back to the last episode and just listen to the end. I just put you know a little blooper uh, in the at the end of the end of the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. So, I can't wait. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time.